you can't treat every call the same. You can't treat every prospect the same. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a sales process. It's not a sales cycle. It's a buyer's process and understanding how your buyers buy and the decisions that they make and how educated they are when they come to you in the first place. And aligning with them um, is so, so critical and so poorly done at, a, at the majority of sales organizations. Uh, it blows my mind. Hey everyone, George Soto here, and you're tuning into Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by Jason Rosenblatt, who is VP of Sales at CallRail. Jason, how are you? Doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm super excited. I know we uh, we met through the roundtable research we were doing, and mm -hmm. uh, and I love the shirt. Thank you so much for doing that. By the way, I didn't slip you a twenty for that. Or so no, I you know I like wearing comfortable shirts. I like representing, and uh, I, I I reached for it. I didn't even see what it was. I just felt the fabric and the material. I'm like, oh man, this and it just so happens. Totally awesome. coincidental. And dude, I have 10 of them and uh, I'll take it, them all. Yeah, <laughs> right. It changed my wardrobe. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's like the Mark Zuckerberg effect. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. Totally. Just, yeah. I, I remember one time I bought probably a hundred black t-shirts because I wanted to be like Steve Jobs kind of. <laughs> and I realized that I couldn't actually get through most of them so i probably had about 92 of them in my uh in my closet and i never touched them but anyways uh thank you so much for being on the show today why don't you take a quick second to introduce yourself tell us a little bit about your career background how'd you get into sales and then how'd you get to your uh, your current role here today sure thank you um so I grew up in South Florida. I went to college in Florida. Um, I actually went to University of Florida for a little bit. I was pre-med for a few years. Um, I actually had a knee injury that inspired me to want to practice medicine. Uh, there was one problem. I, uh, I didn't ever want to study uh, or, or do anything that would uh, be a major requirement to be in pre-med. So I ended up switching uh, to a business major and I actually transferred to University of Central Florida um, where I graduated from. After graduating college, I uh, started working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car in the management trainee program. Uh, that took me to New York City, where I ended up uh, working, starting at my first startup in uh, about 15 years ago, in 2006. Um, and since then, I've, you know, I've moved all around the country. I've lived in uh, New York City, Scottsdale, Charlotte, Northern Virginia. Now I live in uh, Dunwoody, just north of Atlanta. Um, but I've worked at high-growth tech companies for 15 years now. Uh, so everything from seed uh, companies all the way to publicly traded companies. And I've been uh, very fortunate to be a part of a few successful exits as well. Most recently at Green Sky, which is a fintech company here in Atlanta, which went public in May 2018. So my entire career has been in sales, business development, uh, sales leadership for the last 12 years, uh, uh, actually 13 years now. Um, and it's been it's been my career. It's been my passion. And um and yeah, it's taken me, it's taken me great places, literally <laughs> all across the country. <laughs> nice. Well, Jason, yeah. you, you and I have uh, a lot in common. I am from Florida. I went to Florida State. Um, it's, yeah, okay. it's okay. It's fine. We can be friends. Yeah, we can. I was in New York. I lived in Atlanta, worked for a startup there as well in the medical field. Uh, and, yeah. uh, this was uh, about 
17 years ago. I can't believe I'm even saying that, but, uh, but that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the demo. You know, this mm -hmm. is demo diaries. And most of the time we talk about the demo, you know, I'm interested to learn a little bit more about some of the nuances between getting a demo. Where do you go to get a demo when you're at a startup company uh, versus a publicly traded company? And what's that process? Do you, are there any nuances? Yeah, uh, I would say the biggest nuances are the amount of resources available to you at the different companies. When you're at a startup, you have to be more scrappy and figure things out on your own, where oftentimes sales, the sales team, uh, individual contributors or leaders are trying to figure out how to, you know, how to properly, uh, you know, demo the product, how to effectively demo the product. Um, so there's a level of scrappiness and resourcefulness that exists in startups that once you start working at larger corporations, there's a person that does this, there's a person that does that. So the resources are more abundant, which uh, both sides have their benefits and drawbacks, uh, but there are definite differences that I've noticed in, in the two different types and sizes of companies for sure. And where do you generally go to, to get that demo? So you, you know, it's, let's say you're at a small startup and you're like, all right, I'm showing up I need my, my demo. Where do you usually go to, to get that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I could think back to, uh, to my, from my experience, uh, even, even recently at call rail, um, unless you have someone that is uh, breathing down your neck to tell you not to show actual clients accounts, sometimes you just literally go in and showing real accounts um, until you get in trouble. And then you stop doing that. Um, or so I've heard. But uh, sometimes it's, you're literally slapping together PowerPoint uh, presentations with screenshots. Um, sometimes you're asking the marketing team to put together good looking uh, slides and collateral. Um, sometimes you're asking you know, a product team or an engineering team to help you create a demo environment. Um, none of these solutions are actually great. Um, they're all sort of uh, like the least crappy option at the time. <laughs> Uh, so none of these are optimal uh, to, compared to some of the solutions that are out today. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a hodgepodge of of resources and ideas that are get that thrown together. And and then you know at larger companies, obviously there are more resources. What's that process like, and what are some of the struggles or roadblocks that you have to go through even at a larger company? Yeah. So. Um, there are a lot of different challenges once you get at a larger company. A lot of the time it has to do with, you know, a lot of the legal, uh, you know, uh, making sure that the stats that you're using, the, uh, the information that you're sharing is, is all compliant. Where you're a smaller company, you don't really care about that. You're scrappy, you're going. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I mean, when you're a smaller company, you might pull a resource in to help you with it, or it's you doing it and it's your schedule. It's your timeline. Whereas at a larger company, even though there might be a person dedicated to it, it's more of a process. It could take a lot longer, which is, which is like every day that you're waiting, every demo that you're waiting, every hour that you're waiting is just sound, feels like it's, it's, it's painful for it's a salesperson. Painful. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. All the red tape. I'm, I'm getting anxious talking about it. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about, okay, you've got your demo, whether it's through brute force and kind of scrappy, or you had to go through all the red tape at a larger company, and you finally got it. What are some of the best practices that you've experienced yourself as a rep 
and as a leader, you've put reps through in terms of onboarding and training around learning the demo and the proper talk track. Yeah, so I, it's, it's a simple, it's simple in theory, it's simple to talk about, but the actual execution is, is um, can be very difficult and uh, could require some tweaking. Um, but it starts off with creating a simple to follow outline, um, almost like you're creating a recipe for, uh, you know, for, for, for baking a cake. Um, and that outline needs to be something that can easily be trained on and shared with a group. Um, it's something that is, like I said, easy to follow. If you get a recipe to go out and build a cake, like it's gotta be easy. Otherwise that cake is gonna taste very interesting or it's just gonna fall apart. So it's gotta be something that's easy to follow along. It's gotta be something that's easy to train on. Um, I love the, the concept of creating um, certifications as well, uh, where the uh, individual contributor needs to get certified on the demo uh, or on various types of demos either that's pitching their peers or their, their leadership so that their leadership team feels confident that this rep has, is doing it the right way. Um, and then a lot of it also has to do with just a feedback loop of being able to capture that, how these reps are performing, how they're doing, how they're, how they're actually executing on the demo and being able to coach on that and provide that feedback um, as, in as real time as possible. Um, and then it's a sort of like a rinse and repeat type process. There are gonna be times where you're introducing new products, new features, new value propositions, um, you know, different things that get thrown into the mix. And you've got to have a, a process that's agile enough and flexible enough that you can insert those, those changes where it's not wildly disruptive and you don't have to start from scratch. And how do you integrate the soft skills into this more quantitative thing, right? Which is like, hey, there are four or five steps to the demo and here's the, the talk track, but we got to build rapport and we have to be, you know, I was a door-to-door -door salesperson for a couple of years, actually, when I was at Florida State. It's how I paid for college instead of like flipping burgers. And, <laughs> um, and one of the things that I really had to learn was body language and tones and, you know, all these like soft skill-ish stuff uh, in that 20 minute sale, how do you start to kind of incorporate that? And do you have any best practices around for leaders, sales leaders who are watching this uh, around, you know, adding those soft skills or those more qualitative components to the demo training? So they're in line. Yeah. So I have a couple of, uh, a couple of tactics, tricks, uh, techniques that I've used so that it doesn't sound robotic and it doesn't sound like someone is just reading off of a script. Uh, a lot of it does come back to the outline itself and being able to create that outline and do the training in a way that you can say, okay, here are some good questions to ask on this slide, some good open-ended questions. Um, the, you know, the worst thing that you can ask is, does that make sense <laughs> on the slide? So what are some ways that you can create more engagement with the prospect on this specific slide or on this specific part of the product? Um, so that's all part of the outline. That's all part of the training. That's all part of the certification. Uh, so for reps to have that level of awareness of when to incorporate certain questions, uh, reading the body language or verbal cues uh, that, that are so critical in being good at sales. Um, and then uh, again, it comes back to the coaching when you're actually listening to a demo, a recorded demo that a rep did with a prospect or a, a customer. And you say, hey, like, 
this would have been a great opportunity to incorporate some questions, to include some questions, to create some engagement. What are some things you could have done there? And then you role play uh, very big on the concept of deliberate practice and really honing in on those specific opportunities and making sure the rep through, uh, through repetition understands what the value of, of, of that. Um, one other thing that we, we do, uh, and I learned this a long time ago, is creating a library of good, like really great, what great sounds like. So instead of just having like a, um, a recording of, of a manager or me doing a demo, it's pure actual demos that have been done by your peers. And you can hear real-time respo real responses, real-world responses from prospects on how to handle different things. So creating a library of that is an amazing resource, uh, especially for newer reps that are wanting to ramp up quickly and hear like what great sounds like. Uh, but even for more tenured reps that are maybe looking for a new way of handling an objection or looking to shake things up a certain way, or maybe they just don't like the way they've been doing it and want to try something different. And do you have any recommendations around any tools that can be used to, to do this better? Yeah, uh, we've been, um, so I, I've been a customer of Gong for probably five, year, five or six years now um, before they became uh, one of the darlings in the, in the, in the sales um, enablement world. Uh, I think it's an incredible product. There are other solutions out there. I just happen to be uh, a big fan of Gong and their product and their support. Um, and you, the Gong and other tools similar to Gong enable that type of training and that type of library creation that, um, that I just referenced. Yeah. Yeah. Gong shout out to Udi and, and those folks over there. Yeah. So th let's talk a little bit about incentives and, um, and how to get your reps to follow that process and no, not go off the rails here. Are there any sort of compensation or incentive models that you put in to, to make sure that they're following this process? I've never, I've never really done it that way uh, per se, other than the certification where I want to know that you at least know how to bake the cake the first time. Uh, once I know that you know how to bake the cake and that it's done in a per perfect way, the cake's not going to fall apart or taste, uh, taste bad. Um, then I give the reps a little bit more creative freedom to kind of do their own thing and, and enter, you know, or insert questions or talk tracks or skip around. Um, it's difficult to say that it's a one size fits all. I mean, you never know what curveball is going to get thrown at you. And as a, as a, as a, a professional, you want to be prepared for that. So um, I've never wanted to create something that's so rigid that someone sounds robotic. And if they get thrown a curveball, they're like, and just freeze or just keep going or go in their complete wrong direction. So um, the, the only thing that I've ever done in terms of an incentive for anything like that is, again, going back to the concept of like, you're certified. Now you can, you, you're okay to go do demos. Um, or um, if someone, uh, I've done this in the past where I've given gift cards to reps that submit their demo as one that they think is, is great. Every rep thinks they're great. Uh, but one that I'm like, yeah, this is incredible. We're going to put it in the library. I've given, you know, anywhere from 25 to $50 gift cards for, for adding those to the demo library. Awesome. Now, you know, we talk a lot about the different types of demos where, you know, there may be a harbor tour, you know, shorter sort of uh, demo that's maybe one to three clicks, you know, and it just kind of highlights a couple aha moments and that might be done on your first call or by an SDR. Uh, and then there's like these more sort of mature demos that are maybe, you know, 
several more clicks. And then there's a POC that an SE or solutions consulting uh, or an individual would do. Do you see those sort of things or is there just kind of like one standard demo that you use across the board? Yeah, so at uh, specifically at CallRail, we were having a challenge with uh, creating a, uh, a demo solution for our sales team. Uh, we have four different products now, four different SKUs. Um, and we are, our product is marketing technology. It's software that will show a marketer the, the volume of leads that they're generating from different sources. Um, they'll be able to go in and see in real time where, you know, how, not just how many leads, where the leads are coming from, et cetera. And that requires a, uh, a robust demo environment um, that needs to be updated pretty much all the time. Otherwise it would show a timeline that isn't up to date and that doesn't look that great when you're demoing it. Uh, so we were running into a challenge where we have um, a lot of ambitious goals to, to constantly make our product better, better, better. And that the demo environment for the sales team specifically was pulling resources from our engineering team, from our product team. Um, and it was also, it was a lot of upkeep. Um, for our sales enablement team. Uh, so there were a lot of different challenges and we had looked at, at a bunch of different solutions. And I guess the timing was just super uh, coincidental, perfect, um, whatever you want to call it, where Joe had reached out to me and I knew Joe uh, through, you know, just through the network of, of sales leadership in, in the US. And like, I think he, you know, from different companies, I had known him and, and vice versa. So he invited me to, to join one of the round tables and within like the first couple of minutes, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is exactly, this is exactly what we needed. And uh, I'm not being paid for this, by the way, this is legit. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent legit. I, I swear. I like the shirt, everything. Wow. I, I just, I like products that solve real problems. And uh, we let my sales enablement manager go in there and play around with it. And, um, and, and compared to this other solution that we were testing out, she was able to build a demo, an interactive demo, a real demo with real, with real data, with like actual label to click on things and navigate through it in, in minutes uh, compared to other solutions that were requiring resources from our UX team, from our design team, from product and engineering and screenshots and this and that. And it was incredibly cumbersome um, compared to, to the solution with Reprise, which we were able to get done super quickly. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, I wish this product existed a long time ago um, because this is a problem I've been battling at different companies with di for like trying to solve this problem in different ways for years now. Um, and uh, it, it just, it, it was, it, it works incredibly well. So I was really excited to, uh, to, to discover this. Well, very much appreciate that shout out. Definitely yeah. uh, didn't slip you a hundred. That, that I would have given you a hundred for that one. Okay. <laughs> the, shirt, the shirt is worth more than that, for real. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, you know, in, in terms of the actual like types of demos, is there like a, a type of demo, a shorter harbor tour kind of thing? I know I, I ref, uh, referenced that earlier uh, it, that maybe you do on your first call versus your second call versus something that an SE would do? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, this might sound super obvious to some and not so obvious to others, uh, but I wish this were obvious to everyone in sales and sales leadership. 
you can't treat every call the same. You can't treat every prospect the same. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a sales process. It's not a sales cycle. It's a buyer's process and understanding how your buyers buy and the decisions that they make and how educated they are when they come to you in the first place. And aligning with them um, is so, so critical and so poorly done at, a, at the majority of sales organizations. Uh, it blows my mind, but um, if any of my competitors are listening, keep doing it the way you're doing. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but we really want to make sure that regardless if it's an SDR speaking with someone or an AE, that conversation right then and there is aimed to accomplish one or two or three specific goals and objectives. So it's, it's very deliberate. It's very specific based on that conversation. Um, and not only that, you know, the, the way that buyers buy now, there are way more people involved in the committee in the decision-making process. So you may have to get through the sales or marketing leadership first. Um, or sometimes, you know, people that are, uh, you know, a little bit lower on the, on the command chain, like you might start with someone in middle management that then you then have to go into an executive uh, sponsor to be able to wow them. And they may not want to see the whole thing. They may just want to see like high level bells and whistles or something that really scratches their itch. Then sometimes you have to talk to finance or legal or, or engineering or whatever it is. So there, it's not a one size fits all. The better you understand your prospects buying process and buying cycle and how they buy and what's important to them, the problem they're trying to solve. Um, we're big fans of Keenan and gap selling at, at call rail. So like the more everyone should read that book. I think uh, it's, it's, it's painfully obvious once you start going through it uh, not to undermine his efforts, but like, you're like, Oh yeah, I just, I should understand how important this, this thing is to fix. Yeah. Um, so yeah, long, super long story short, not every demo, not every conversation is going to be the same. It's catered to your buyer, catered to your prospect. Awesome. Shout out to Kenan in, I, I believe, Colorado. I, yeah. I love seeing him in, in the flesh because, you know, he's got the, the red shirt and he's keeps that brand. Like he just comes through the screen. You're like, Yo, let's go. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time. One last question. Yeah. What's one tip that you would give sales leaders out there right now that's super actionable that they can literally implement today that will help their organization improve their demos? Uh, I would say, if I were priest, no, um, <laughs> sit with your reps. First of all, you should be demoing your, you should be demoing and understanding what your reps are, do, are dealing with. Um, and also what your prospects, your, your reps prospects are dealing with, and it might be super painful and that's okay. That's good. But you've got to get in, into the weeds. You've got to get into the trenches a little bit and understand what's actually happening there. Um, and not just assume everything is great. It is really eye opening, And like I said, sometimes super painful. If you finally sit in on a demo and you're watching it and it's like a train wreck, uh, that is good. That, that pain is good. Because uh, it forces you to, to take action and make the process better. And again, it's not about your reps. Uh, you know, it's, it's about your prospects and your buyers. And if they're not wowed by it, if they're not, if they're not intrigued and, and excited about what you're showing them and, and, and the problem that they're trying to solve, it's not going to work. You're not going to grow at the rate that you want to or your board wants to. So get in the weeds, get in the trenches, find out what's going on and how your team is doing it. And, uh, and make those improvements as painful as they might be. Awesome. 
Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time. If folks want to learn more about your career or follow you on social, consume your content, what are some of the channels that they might find you at? Yeah, I'm mostly on LinkedIn these days. Um, ever since the, uh, the, uh, the political climate, I, I've been much more timid on, uh, on Twitter. So uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm happy to connect with you. Um, I'm also in Revenue Collective. If you're in Revenue Collective, shoot me a Slack and uh, we can chat there. Cool. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your time. You too. Thanks, man.